Moments of Encounter is a weekly live broadcast brought to you by Calvary Revival Labels through God's servant Chidebele Odeze. The teachings are focused on building the church and raising men that will do exploits in this end time. This message and many more can be downloaded from our website www.calvarywayonline.org or our Facebook and Telegram pages at Calvaryway Revival Labels. May you have a life-changing encounter as you listen. We walk with the Lord in the light of His word. For the glory is shed on our way. Why we do His good will, He abides with us still, and we talk for trust and hope.
Can you pray in the spirit? Can you talk to the Lord? Will you trust him? Will you obey him? There is no other way to be happy in Jesus. The presence of the Lord is heavy in this place. The anointing of the Holy Ghost is mighty here. Somebody's life is going to be transformed shortly, shortly, shortly. Testimony will arise from a life shortly, shortly. Can you establish, establish yourself in the spirit? Take your seat, take your seat, let your heart settle. The anointing is too heavy tonight. The power of God is in this place. Malebo shaka, malebo shaka. Rabaston yolaba shanda rabasanda, kabunda laba shanda. Lende lende lebo shanda rabasanda rababa kundi. Lende lende lebo shanda rabaston yolaba shanda. Nondo laba shanda lebo shanda laba shaka lebo shaka. And from the stages of my heart Let my worship begin But never end To the God of
yes, oh yes, oh yes. Yeah. One more time. You are my God. You are my God. And your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. Oh yes. Yahweh. Tonight, tonight. We worship you tonight. The ancient of days. We glorify your name tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your glory. Thank you for the heavy anointing here tonight. Oh, hallelujah. We worship, we worship, we worship. We bow before your glorious majesty. You are greater than all. You are higher than the highest. You are deeper than the deepest. We wash, we wash, we wash, we wash. We give you glory. We magnify your name. We lift your name on high. We exalt you. You are the king of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are the mighty man of God. There is no life. There is no to the moment of you. We bow before your glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you tonight. Our hearts are ready. Oh God, our hearts are ready. Our hearts are ready for your encounter tonight. Holy Spirit, thank you for your fullness is here. Hallelujah. Thank you. For the word of encounter in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Can you take your seats? You're welcome to the moment of encounter tonight. Very powerful and important topic we are looking at tonight. And I would like you to pay great attention. We are talking about the exceedingly growing faith. How many of you want your faith to grow exceedingly? Let me see your hand up. Ah, you need to desire that your faith should grow exceedingly. When your faith grows, your faith will become great. And it takes a great faith to do great things for God. That's just like we we discussed, we sh- shared last week, doing exploits by faith. It takes a great faith to do great things for God. It takes a great faith to receive great things from God. It takes a great faith to overcome battles, whether great or small battles of life. If your faith is small, if your faith is small, then you will be seriously limited. Your spiritual strength is small. What you receive from God will be very small. Your victories over 
battles of life will be limited and you will find it difficult to do great things for God. Proverbs 24 10 says, If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. Thy strength, talking about your faith. If you fell in the day of adversity, then your strength is small. I want us to take a look at Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. Paul was the person that used that phrase, your faith groweth exceedingly, when he was writing to the Thessalonian brethren. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, I want you to look at verse 3. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you, all towards each other, abounded. Verse 4. So that we ourselves glory in you, and the churches of God, for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. The first question we need to answer about the growth of faith, just like we saw Paul referring to the growth of the faith of the Thessalonians is what is the main parameter? What is the main factor that we can use to measure the growth of faith? What exactly did Paul what did he see? What did he see? He must have seen something in the lives of the Thessalonians that made him to conclude that their faith is growing exceedingly. And when you look at verse 4, you will see that. He said, I discovered that despite the persecutions and the tribulations that you endure, your faith has remained strong and unshaken. The growth of faith is measured by the strength of faith. The strength of faith of the Thessalonian church kept on increasing. They, they kept on becoming stronger. The more they were persecuted. You know, in Thessalonians, Paul spent three weeks. Paul and his uh, missionary team spent three weeks. Just three weeks only in ministering to them. If you have studied the book of Acts chapter 16, you will notice that after they were heavily persecuted in, uh, in, in Philippi, they were heavily persecuted. That was where they were locked up after beating them, you know, and then they sang and prayed and the Holy Ghost came down and they were released. You know, when they released them, they asked them to leave the city, so they left. The next place they entered was Thessalonians. And after they spent just three weeks preaching and God was granting them, you know, souls, the persecution from the Jewish brethren in the 
city of Thessalonia. We are so much that they have to chase them out of Thessalonians. They have to run away. When they ran away, they entered Beria. And as they were in Beria, they began to preach again. And the people of Beria began to surrender to Christ. The, the same Jewish leaders in Thessalonia heard that they have entered the neighboring town. They left Thessalonia, went into Beria, and began to, you know, chase them away. That was when Paul now, you know, left on notice to Athens in Acts 17. And he was there preaching, waiting for Timothy and Silas to arrive. So, the Jews at Thessalonians, they are, you know, great persecutors. They persecuted Paul, Silas, and Timothy when they came to preach. And when they left, they continued to persecute the people that believed in their gospel. So Paul saw that despite the fact that we spent a little time with you people and we left and the persecution continued on your life, yet your faith did not wane. It didn't go down. Your faith continued to grow stronger and stronger. So faith or the growth of faith is measured by the strength of faith. In Matthew 14 verse 31, the Lord Jesus Christ walked on water and then Peter was walking on the water to meet him by faith. And then on the road, Peter began to sink because he saw the boisterous wind. So Jesus spoke to him and said, when he helped him and lifted him up, he said, O ye of little faith, why did you doubt? O ye of little faith, why did you doubt? That is to say, Peter has faith, but his faith is little. How did the Lord come to know that? He has faith to walk on water. Is he, he think it's easy to walk on water. <laughs> no, it's not easy. But the faith is not strong enough for him to continue walking on the water. When the waves and the wind began to blow against him, he now, he now began to focus on the boisterous wind. So the strength of the faith was not enough to carry him through the journey. But he has faith. But the faith strength is limited. That is why Jesus called it what? A little faith. In the next chapter, chapter 15, Matthew 15, a Gentile woman came and was beseeching Christ for the healing of his daughter. And Jesus was showing all manner of negative attitude towards this woman, but the woman insisted. So when the woman, you know, insisted, Jesus spoke and said, Oh woman, verse 28, Oh woman, great is thy faith. Be it done to you as thou wills. Why did the Lord respond? By calling the faith of the woman great faith. Peter's faith was little. But this Gentile woman, the same Lord, called her faith great faith. Why? Because despite the silence she 
initially met when she came to Christ, despite the negative responses she was receiving from Christ, she remained strong in her faith. She believed strongly that I must get something from him. That was why the Lord said, this faith is not little. This particular faith is what? Is great. The next person the Lord called his faith great was the centurion. In Matthew chapter 8, the Lord referred to the faith of the centurion as a great faith because Jesus has already offered, the, the man's servant was sick and he came to meet Jesus. And Jesus has already offered, I want to come to your house and heal your servant. And the man said, Oga, you don't need to come. I believe strongly that if you will speak your word only, my servant shall be healed. And Jesus said, I have not seen such a great, uh, such great faith even in Israel. Why and how? This is somebody that is not, is not saying, you know, saying, I want the Lord's presence, I want the Lord's power, anointing, your word only. Great faith is a faith that is so strong. He believes so strong in the efficacy, in the power of the word of God. He does not shake. This man said, oh God, you don't need to come. Your word is enough. I don't need any kind of falling down, any kind of anointing moving here and there. I am okay with your word. That which you said is enough for me. My servant will be okay. Just speak. So, the element we keep seeing in the, in the faith of these ones that made their faith great was strength. Why the faith of Peter was referred to as little? Because it is not strong enough to carry him through the journey. Little faith will get you started. But on the road you will fall again. You will not be able to reach the end of the victory. In Romans chapter 4, 19 to 21, Brother Paul writing was describing the faith of Abraham. And he said, And Abraham, being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. Did you see that? Giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he has promised, he was also able to perform. Verse 19 said, Abraham was not weak in faith. Verse 21 said, Abraham was strong in faith. Mark those words. Weak in faith. Strong in faith. That is the parameter that defines this, the growth of faith. If your faith is not strong, then your faith cannot be great. And you will not be able to do great things by faith. You will not be able to overcome great battles. You may overcome small, small battles. But great battles you cannot overcome. And you will not be able to receive great things from God. You can receive small, small things. But when it comes to receiving great things, you will be out of it. Because it takes great faith to receive great things. From the faith of Abraham described in this passage, we can spot three characteristics of strong faith. Number one, a strong faith is the faith that considers only the word of God and never the seeming realities of the situation on ground. 
like the centurion. The centurion says, speak the word only. I'm enough. The word is enough for me. Eh? Abraham considered not the deadness of his own body, nor the deadness of his wife's womb. He was not considering it. He was not looking at it. He was not saying that eh, this situation is so real. No, 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 no. He was looking at the word of God. What did God say? Abraham, I'm going to give you a seed from your own body. So he kept on looking at the word. That is a strong faith. Number two, a strong faith is a faith that does not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief, but is fully persuaded that God will perform his promise. That's what, what Abraham did. He did not stagger. He did not, you know, shake or wave or waver at the promise of God, at the word of God through unbelief. He did not allow doubt and unbelief to creep in into his heart. He was fully persuaded that God will perform his promise. Number three, a strong faith is a faith that does not worry or complain about the situation or about delay in God's response to the situation. Rather, it continues to give glory to God. The Bible says, Abraham was giving glory to God. He was strong in faith. Giving glory to God. Watch that word, giving, in verse 21. is a present continuous tense. Giving glory to God. Abraham continued to praise God, thank God, worship God for what God has already done because he was fully persuaded that he cannot fail him. If your faith is strong, then your faith is great. If your faith is weak, then your faith is small. And how do you demonstrate a strong faith? A strong faith is a faith that continues to thank and praise God even when you have not seen what you are believing God for. Even when it, it doesn't seem as if the thing is working. Like in the case of Abraham. Nothing seems to be working, but he refused to doubt. He refused to, you know, give up. Eh? He refused to give up. I have seen some people that easily gives up. Sometimes in the church you see a young woman. You know, after some years of joining the youth in youth ministry, you just notice that the same woman will now join the women in women ministry. You'll be looking for her in the youth ministry. You notice that she's now joining the married women to carry out activity. Why is he doing that? I don't know whether you have seen that. Have you seen such a case? I've seen that. What is what? What are they demonstrating? They are demonstrating that I, I don't think I I, I I I will marry at this age again. Eh? In fact, I don't I don't. Let me just join the married women and be. What do you mean by joining married women on the Mother Sunday? You see them; they will dress like mother. Ah, you have lost faith and hope that God will give you a, your, your own husband. Is that why you have to? No, no, Abraham never did that. Abraham, he, he did not consider the, 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 the deadness of his body or the deadness of his wife's womb. He, he kept on looking at God's word and the, the, the infallibility of God's word. And as a result of that, he was giving glory to God. And I want to tell you something. Faith does not fail. Faith is like God. 
If you can get your faith on God and on his word, I tell you the truth. You will see that thing you are believing God happen. It must happen. The only thing that will fail is you. If you refuse to quit. If you, if you quit. But if you refuse to quit and continue believing God and demonstrating that you are believing God by thanking and giving glory to him. I am so touched by the fact that Abraham was giving glory to God. I don't know the situation or the circumstance that around your life. That, you know, you are losing hope and you are feeling that this thing has lasted so long, maybe around your family. And then you are now losing faith. You need to recover your faith quickly tonight. And confess your own belief. And begin to give glory to God. Because God does not fail. What are the practical ways of growing in your faith? The first thing I want us to consider under that theme is what is the secret of the growth of the Thessalonian brethren? Paul described their faith as the exceedingly growing faith. Exceedingly means a growth beyond measure. A growth that is beyond the ordinary level, ordinary ordinary degree. They are not just growing in faith. They are growing beyond the ordinary degree. It is a, 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 a continuous, you know, tremendous growth in strength of faith that is beyond measure. You can't measure it. It's, it's, you cannot quantify it. You cannot detect, you know, sometimes when you want to measure a growth, you may say, let me use arithmetic progression. Or geometric progression. This one is not, there's no progression. You can use to quantify an exceedingly growing thing. When something is growing exceedingly, what it means is that if you say, let me use mathematical um, progression like arithmetic or uh, geometric, you, you cannot follow that order. It's just growing beyond measure. You cannot measure it. What is the secret? When I was looking at that, the, the Spirit of God referred me to go and study. Go and study the secret be behind the growth of the Thessalonian uh, church. Their faith. What is what is it? So I have to go back to First Thessalonians to see the first letter that he wrote to them, because this is the second letter he's writing, and he was describing their faith as the exceedingly growing faith. So I want you to follow me so that we will discover the secrets behind the growth of faith of the you know these brethren and then as we are discovering it i want you to begin to apply it to your own life because these are principles that once you apply it to your own faith your faith will begin to grow exceedingly turn your bibles to the first letter of our brother to Thessalonians i want you to see Verse 2, verse 1 is, is describing, you know, those of them that are writing the letter, Paul, Stephanus, and Timothy. Unto the church of Thessalonians, grace be to you, peace from God the Father. Now look at verse 2. It says, we give thanks to God always for you, for you all. Making mention of you in our prayers. Remembering without ceasing. Your work of faith and labor of love 
and patient of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ and the sight of God and our Father. Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the, in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. Please pay attention here. The foundation upon which the faith, the salvation faith of the Thessalonians we are, you know, was laid is worthy of note. Eh? Look at what Paul said in verse 5. He said, Our gospel came not unto you in word only. When we came to preach the gospel to you, the gospel that led to your salvation faith, the foundation faith, eh? it didn't come in preaching only. No. Our gospel came both in preaching, number one. Number two, our gospel also came in what? In power. Number three, our gospel also came in what again? In the Holy Ghost. Not only that, our gospel also came in what? In much assurance. Please, I want you to take note of this because what you saw is what you become like. You didn't get me. Eh? Elijah, Elijah told Elijah, if you can see me when I am being taken away from you, you will become, in fact, you become greater than me. You can never become, your faith can never grow beyond what you see. The Thessalonian brethren, when these brothers came to minister the word, they didn't preach the gospel to them the way some of us are preaching the gospel. When you go for evangelism, after preaching the gospel, you just tell the sinner to pray after you. After praying after you, that is all. You are finished. Paul said, I never did that. When I finished preaching the gospel, I demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit so that your faith will not be based on wisdom of men. The same thing he was saying here is what he told the Corinthians. If you can remember. Just cross-check that with 2 Corinthians chapter 2 quickly. Please turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Verse No, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Sorry. Look at verse for he said, My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in what? In the demonstration of the spirit and of power. Look at verse 5. Let's read it together. I want to go. So that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, 
but in the power of God. Kai! Paul said, I am doing this deliberately because I want the foundation of your faith to be laid not on just words of wisdom, but on the power of God. The greatest secret behind the growth of the Thessalonian people's faith is because their faith their faith was not standing in the wisdom of men. It was standing in the power of God. The people that came to preach the gospel to them, they didn't just preach the word and go. Paul said, do you know what demonstration is? Demonstration is a deliberate act. Okay, I have finished preaching to you that Jesus died and rose again from the dead. I want to know whether you have somebody who is sick or somebody who is dead, somebody who is crippled, so that this Jesus that I told you that is alive, by the power of the Holy Ghost, it will heal him now. By the time they finish the healing process and the sick got healed, some of them that were sick, they got healed after the demonstration. They now know that, oh my God, this is serious. Paul said, I am deliberate about this. When I am, when I, when we came to preach to you, we are so deliberate about this to make sure that the gospel did not come to you in, in word only. So, their, the foundation of their faith was laid in both the word of God and in the power of God. Both in the word of God and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Both in the word of God and in much assurance. They saw it. Because they saw it. They, they, they placed their faith on it. Many, many believers, they cannot believe in the power of God. Because they never see the power of God. If on the day you gave your life to Christ, that you saw power, power manifested. I remember when I was in secondary school. You know, there was this young man that was a terror. He's a senior above us. He's one of the terrors. We are living in body school. So, there are seniors, they normally punish the juniors. So, but there are some of them that are so, so wicked that, you know, everybody is fearing them. He's one of them. In fact, in, in, in his set, he's the one that we fear most. He's not the senior prefect, but we fear him more than the senior prefect. Because of the way he, 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 put, he is just one kind rugged and I don't know how to describe him. But something happened. He was an unbeliever to the core. That is, unbeliever to the last. Living in all kinds of sin. So somehow, I came to meet him in the university. He came to attend the same university I attended. And by the time I was a believer in the secondary school, we are, you know, serving God as Christians. So in the university, I came to meet him. So when I met him in the university, I met somebody who is now born again. Ah, it was like a, a joke, like a dream. I invited him to my house. He came to my house. He was my senior in secondary school, but I'm his senior in the faith. So he came to my house and I was asking him how he got, he gave his life to Christ. How the whole thing happened. He told me how somebody preached to him. And then told him about the power of God. And he said that he wouldn't like his own um, 
faith and he had to be without power. So he said one day he went into the wilderness. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm just telling you a story what he did. And he was praying. He was saying to God, I want to know whether your power is real. I have read in the scripture the power, how the people, your people manifested the power in the book of us. If this power is real, I want you to give me this power. He said he was there praying in that lonely place. The power of God came on him. Nobody prayed for him. Came on him, carried him, lifted him, threw him on the ground. He was there rolling and was, you know, he said after that experience, oh my God, tell me how somebody like that will backslide tomorrow. Tell me how persecution will cause somebody like that to go back. You know why and how? His faith is not based on hearsay, wealth only. The, the foundation of his salvation because that thing he said that thing happened shortly before, after he gave his life to Christ. Shortly, very shortly, he decided to, 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 to find out the reality of the power of God. I'm not saying that the power of God must carry you and throw you on the ground. No. And I'm not telling you to go and do what he did. What I'm telling you is that the faith of the Thessalonians became strong because, and Paul was deliberate. Anywhere Paul is preaching, that's why his converts last. Because he tries to lay the foundation of their faith, not only in word only. And I'm telling those of us that are preachers today, please let us change. When you are meeting unbelievers and you are preaching the gospel to them, make sure that you are ready to demonstrate. And I will tell you that it doesn't take much to do that. Because once you are on the way, on the, on, on, on the way preaching, you will see the Lord confirming what you are doing with signs following. Mark 16, 20. Amen. So, that is number one factor behind the growth of the Thessalonian faith. That's number one. And it's very serious. It's a foundation. If a faith must be strong, the foundation of that faith must be what? Strong. So, how strong is your own salvation faith? Sometimes people begin to doubt the power of God, the the reality of God because they don't have any serious experience with the power of God. Somebody, God is going to, you know, encounter you with power in this season. So that you will see that it's not just Bible only. There is a power behind the word of God. Amen. Another secret I discovered about the faith of the Thessalonians, as I was studying, was in verse 9. Look at verse 9. First Thessalonians chapter 1. Verse 9 says, for they themselves shew of us what manner of entering entering in we had unto you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God they responded correctly to the gospel of Christ that was preached to them by Paul how did they respond The Bible says that they turned from idols. They turned from idols unto God to serve the living God. See, there is a difference between sin and idols. These people repented from their sins. Just like you know, normally, when people are to believe in Christ, they are supposed to repent from their sins. 
But the problem we have in our own generation is that people will repent from, from their sins, quite alright. And they say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. But when they finish that, they go back and cling to their idols. This time around, not, not idol of a, a tree or stick. This time around, things in their life that they have given more time and attention and devotion to than they give to God. An idol is anything that you have loved more than you love God. Anything that takes your devotion, anything that takes your time and attention more than God. If you are speaking in tongues, but you can give money, more time and attention than God, money is your idol. The, the reason why your faith will never grow strong, eh? this faith we are talking about will never grow, is because you have never done what these people did. They turned from their idols unto God to serve the living God. Paul did not say to serve God. Paul said to serve what? The living and true God. Jesus placed mammon side by side with God. He said, no man can serve two masters. Why? Because he, he will love one and hate the other. He will cling to one and despise the other. You know what I'm You cannot serve God and mammon. Hey. Last Sunday during the discipleship class I was teaching. They knew people that came for the first time. And I asked them a question. I said, how many of you have finished your Bible in this place from Genesis to Revelation? It was only one person. If I am not mistaken, that raised up his hand. One person. There were 20, 23 of them in that meeting. 23 of them, you know, in the incubation class. One person. Then I say something. I say, why? Okay, you people have been believers for years. Some of them have been believers for years anyway. And I said, assuming that there is a monetary attachment to finishing Bible, that any time you finish your Bible from Genesis to Revelation, the moment it is true, confirmed that you have finished Bible from Genesis to Revelation, you will get an alert of 50,000 naira, bam, into your account. And it is true. How many of you, I asked them, would have finished your Bible? Ah! Are you seeing something here? You say you love God, but you have lost money. You have lost money, and you are more devoted to things that will give you money than things that we 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 give draw you closer to God than God. Look at it. Just attach attach money to anything. You will see several of us running after that. But attach God to it and compare the response. Money is a great idol. You cannot grow in your faith. I wish you will write it down and take note of it. Until you turn from this idol called mammon. To serve the living and the true God. The secret behind the growth of the Thessalonian faith is they are turning away from idols. Money and the spirit behind it called mammon is a great idol. Many of us, the way you pursue your certificate, the attention you give to, you know, business contract meetings, the way you value those things, you cannot compare it the way you pursue God. The way you go, you know, take the things of God. Check your heart. 
Are there things that you have placed above God? Are you more addicted to football? Are you more addicted to fashion? You are more conscious of your, you know, fashion than you are conscious of your spiritual life. You are conscious of God. Until you turn away from every idol and turn to the living God to serve the living and the true God, you will find it difficult for your faith to grow exceedingly like the Thessalonians. What else is the secret behind the growth of the Thessalonian brethren, their faith? I want you to see, look at verse 8. Please, verse 8 is very serious. First Thessalonians 1 verse 8. Something is very, very, very outstanding there. He said, For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God's word is spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. What is the meaning of this? Paul said, We spent three weeks with you people, but the moment we left, you people did not only begin to preach the word of God to your fellow Thessalonians. You left Thessalonians and moved into what? Into the whole of Macedonia. And when you conquered Macedonia, you went into Achaia. Can you imagine that? From the day they, they, they heard the word of God, he said, from you sounded. That is, they began to preach the word of God and demonstrate the power of God as Paul and Barnabas and Silas and Timothy did when they met them. That is one secret behind the growth of it. Those that are playing and joking with preaching of the gospel, their faith cannot grow exceedingly. Haha. Ha. I want you to imagine this. Okay, is there anybody with either Good News Bible or Living Bible? Get it to me quickly. I want us to read that verse 8 from any of this. Verse 8, what did he say? He said, For not, not only did the message about the Lord go out from you. Did you see that? The message about the gospel went out from you. The gospel came from Paul Silas and Timothy to the Thessalonians. But shortly after that, the same gospel moved out from the Thessalonians to where? To the whole of Macedonia and the whole of Achaia. For your information, Macedonia is like a continent in that time. Just like a continent. Achaia is like another continent. That is, you know, so under Macedonia, you have the capital. Um, the capital city is um, Philippians. And then Thessalonia is another city. And then Berea is another city. Are you getting it? So, the brethren at uh, Thessalonia, the moment they received the word, they began to preach. They were not just preaching to people in Thessalonia. They were also preaching, just like Paul himself. You know Paul? That from the day one he encountered Christ. He, he saw power that day. Power that blinded his own eyes. And the moment he began to see, he started preaching. That is the secret behind the strength of his own faith. Some of you that are not preaching the gospel, the truth is that whether your faith will grow, it will, it will grow little. For it to grow great and exceedingly, 
you must behave like this people. Paul said that, look at verse 9, he said, for they themselves, they themselves, the people of Macedonia and Achaia are the people that are now sharing to us the news of what you people did in their life are now coming to us. Is a secret. Watch it. Watch it. Anybody you see, you know, I have said it before. Someone like Stephen in the book of Acts. Eh? Stephen was one of the uh, uh, seven persons they appointed to be as deacons to be sharing food. But can you trace Stephen in the Gospels? Can you trace Stephen in the 120? How and where did this suddenly appear? What of Barnabas? These are men that gave their life to Christ on the day of Pentecost. But because of their, their you know, involvement in preaching the gospel, their faith began to rise. Their faith began to grow. Do you know that immediately they finished appointing and anointing Stephen in the kitchen? Stephen said, thank you people for uh, uh, appointing me a deacon in the kitchen. The moment he finished his work in the kitchen, Stephen would be in the street. He became so outstanding that the people began to persecute and say, this man must die. What kind of, you know, the Bible said, the, the people cannot resist the spirit and the wisdom with which he, speak, he spoke. And he did great wonders and signs among the people. He was full of faith. How? He was preaching the gospel. Look at the next factor in verse verse 6. I want you to see verse 6 of First Thessalonians. We are still looking at the factor behind the growth of the Thessalonian faith exceedingly. Verse 6 said, And ye became followers of us and of the Lord. Our God, verse 5 said, Our gospel came to you in word, in power, in Holy Ghost, in much assurance, and after our gospel came to you, you people became followers of us. You became followers of the Lord. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord. Having received the word in much affliction, with joy of the Holy Ghost. Oh my God. I don't know whether you are seeing what I'm seeing. They became followers of Paul, Silas, and uh, Timothy. How? The same gospel and the manifestation of the power that they did, they preached to them and manifested. These same people began to preach like that. And that was what he was reporting in verse 8. That as you became followers of what you are doing as we did, the word of God was spreading through you, throughout Thessalonian, Macedonian and Achaia. They became true disciples. True disciples are followers of their disciples. They became followers of the Lord. Followers of Christ. That despite the much affliction and persecutions they were experiencing, they were preaching. They were preaching. They were, they were following the examples that Paul has laid for them. And when you read chapter 2, you see Paul was saying so many things about how they behaved holily and unblameably among them. And how as a father, they were, you know, encouraging and exhorting them. How as a nursing mother, they were, you know, you know, bearing them up. Now, they became 
true disciples. So, I want you to see the role of, the place of discipleship here. In the growth of faith. They have role models. They have, they are not just followers of the Lord. Some people are only followers of the Lord. They don't have examples. And I tell you, you will become, you will become exactly like the person you are following. If the person you are following is a man of faith, a man of power, a woman of faith, a woman of power, preaching the gospel, eh? You will see yourself becoming like that. But when it is some of these things we are seeing in our time, people say they are learning life. They are not preaching the gospel. They are just going to church, going to discipleship class week after week. You are eating and you are not giving out. You are not preaching. There is no preaching life. Look at the book of Acts. Look at the book of Acts. Acts chapter 5 verse 42. What did he say? He said, daily in the temple and in every, every house, we cease not to preach and to teach Jesus Christ. Look at their life. Why couldn't your, our own life in this generation become like their own? So, these men, they were followers. Stephen, how did he know how to do miracle? He was following Peter. He was following the examples he was seeing. So, these brethren, they are, you know, real disciples. Real disciples are known as people that follow the Lord, number one, and then follow the people that are following the Lord. I don't know whether you are one. If you are, you want your faith to grow exceedingly, I want, I want to ask you, what, who is your disciple? And then cross-check because you will soon become like him. These people became like Paul. That was what he was shouting. He said, you people just became like us. The way we preach is the way you are preaching. The way we touch life is the way you are touching life. Kai, in a short while. Then another thing I saw that became the secret of their exceedingly growing faith is what is in chapter 2 verse 13. Look at chapter 2. Of the same first Thessalonians verse 13. He said, For this cause also we are thanking God. He, he has finished thanking God in chapter 1. He said, There is something I just remembered now in chapter 2. I need to thank, I didn't remember it in chapter 1. So, for this reason also I want to thank God. We are thanking God also for you people without ceasing. What is meaning of without ceasing? What is the meaning of without season? We are thanking God always for you people. Why? Look at it. It's very serious. He said, because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of man, but at, as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Paul said, when you people received the word of God, you did not receive it as the word of men. You know the problem that many believers have? They have not been able to distinguish between the word of God and the word of men. Eh? Ah. Until you know the power in the word of God, you cannot, your faith cannot grow exceedingly. The reason why the Thessalonians people's faith grew so much in strength 
was that their faith was anchored not on the word of man. They took the word of God they had as the word of God. I don't have time for me to begin to show you the differences between the word of God and the word of man. But don't forget that the word of God is living and active. Sharper than any two-edged sword that can div divide the bones and the marrows. Don't forget that as the, as the rain cometh down from the heaven to the earth and we never return back to, to heaven void. So the word of God will always go to accomplish the purpose of God. You don't need to forget that the word of God is God himself. For in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. They took what they heard from them not as mere discussion, not as mere word of man, but as the word of God. If your faith will grow exceedingly like the Thessalonian people, then you must learn not to take the word of God as the word of man. Whenever God speaks, you must, you must, you must know that this is God. You must know that this word is it has the capacity to do what God himself can do. It can never return back to God void. The word of God is God and carries exactly the same power that God, God has. In fact, if you can know, if you can have this settled in your life, then it becomes a very serious foundation for the growth of your faith. Brothers and sisters, these are the five things I discovered from my study in the life of the Thessalonian people that became the great secrets behind the exceedingly growing faith of these people. What else are the practical ways we are to grow great faith? Remember, great faith are faith that are very strong. You must understand that you received a measure of faith from God at the point of your salvation. Eh? Turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. We are going to read verse 3. Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Listen, God is not going to give you a measure of faith. God has given to every man, every believer, at the point of salvation. God gave you a measure of faith. So that's why, that's the, the foundation faith, the salvation faith you have. And I want you to note that God is very fair in that gift. The same measure of faith he gave to you is the same measure of faith he gave to another person. The measure of faith that God gave to brother A is the measure of faith he gave to sister M. There's no difference. And I want to say it again. Don't pray and say, God, give me a measure of faith. No, he has given it to you. Except you are not born again. Except you are not a believer. Then you don't have it. 
But if you have given your life to Christ, God has given to you a measure of faith. Now, but, you know, in the book of Luke chapter 19, Jesus gave the parable of a man that gave talent to his servant as he was going out. He has three, three servants, he gave them one, one talent. And then he asked them to trade with it until he come. Then when he came back, he noticed that the first person traded with one talent and came back with what? With ten talents. The other person traded with the same one talent and came back with five talents. And then one of them refused to trade with his own. And his own remained one talent. talent. Now look at it. God has given to everyone, every one of us, the same one talent of faith at the point of your salvation. You now, you have one talent of faith when you gave your life to Christ. You, you have one talent of faith. You, you have one talent of faith. Everybody receive it. But what determines whether your talent of faith will rise from one to ten is how you are trading with it. How you are exercising your faith is what determines whether your faith will grow in strength and become great faith. For the un- wicked and unprofitable servants, he refused to, to exercise his own talent. When other people were going to the market to buy goods and to sell and to make more talent, he was, you know, lazy about. He went and hid his own. He refused to exercise it. And that is what we are seeing today. So many, many believers gave their life to Christ years ago. But their faith has remained one talent of faith. They have never risen beyond one talent. That is why you see somebody that gave his life to Christ last year. The same person is raising the dead. The same person is, you know, healing, healing the sick. But someone that gave his life to Christ 10 years ago is born again, is a believer, attending discipleship, attending fellowship. But he cannot do the same thing with somebody who gave his life to Christ last year. He's doing by faith. Why? Because whereas this person that gave his life to Christ yesterday, like the Thessalonian people, are exercising their faith. Their faith kept growing in strength. This person refused to exercise his faith. He just kept it there. What have you said now? You have received the same talent of faith, one talent of faith with every other believer at the point of salvation. Don't say, uh, Brochid has greater faith than my own. No. It was not God that gave Brochid his great faith. It was because Brochid decided to exercise his one talent. Are you getting that? How did one talent become ten talents? Is it the master that multiplied it? Excuse me, please. You must understand the principle of growth of faith. Faith does not grow by God giving you more, more than one talent. What he gives you is one talent. He expects you to exercise it, trade with it for it to grow and increase so that it will do greater things. One talent can do some things, isn't it? But can you compare with what one talent will do with what ten talents can do? No. That is where the man that has gotten ten talents is now doing greater things. Doing greater exploits than the one that have one talent. But all of them were the same at the beginning. Excuse me, you are the one that determines the growth of your own faith. I want you to write it down. 
put your name there. Say, I, Chidebelu Deze. I am the one that determines how my faith will grow, not God. The growth of your faith is not depending on God. Write it clearly and you just need to know that it is the truth. The growth of your faith is not depending on God. It is 100% depending on you. God has given you a measure of faith. So you are responsible. You are totally and you know 100% responsible for that faith to grow by your exercising of it. Now before we begin to look into the you know how to exercise your faith for it to grow. I want you to first of all look at what I call enlarging the base where to build your faith. Enlarging the ground. The, the foundation where you can establish or build your faith. Enlarging it is part of the way of growing your faith. Now, <laughs> I want you to remember one of the messages that we have had in this series. I think that was the third the third message, building faith on God's word, if I'm not mistaken. You remember that in that message, we saw that faith comes by hearing the word of God. Do you remember? Faith comes by hearing the word of God. And, you know, but the truth is that faith does not grow by hearing the word of God. Faith will come by hearing the word. Faith grows by obeying the word. By exercising the word. Do you understand that? You need to understand that. The word will come. You will hear it. But <laughs> if you just on the fact that you have heard the word, you refuse to act. You refuse to obey the word. You refuse to follow the word. You refuse to exercise your faith in obeying the word. That faith that you have, that have come, will not grow. It will remain as it is. Now, I want to give you, I want to take an example for you to understand what I'm saying very well. Now, if you want to um, plant, let's say, maize, you want to plant, um, let me just use number, 10 grain or 100 grains of maize, 100 grains of maize. Now, can you compare the land where you will plant it with the land you will use to plant 100,000 grains of maize? Can you compare the two? Which one will be higher? When in your mind you want to have, you want to plant 100,000 grains of maize, then you must think of acquiring a very massive land where you will are you getting it? Now that's what the word of God, you know, the, the bank of the word of God in your life does. Eh? When you are when you are hearing the word of God, when you are knowing the word of God, when you are reading the word of God, when you are studying the word of God, you are developing the large ground on which you will build a great faith. If you want to build a hall that will contain 100 persons for a meeting. You cannot compare the land 
with a hall that will contain, you know, 100,000 persons. Do you remember? Are you, are you getting me? 100,000 persons. When you want to build a one single hall that will contain 100,000 persons for a meeting, the same thing with planting of a, a maize. You have to think of massive land. The one that will contain 100 persons, maybe half plot may even serve. But can you use half plot for 100,000? No. That is how the place of the word of God in the greatness of your faith. If you don't know the word of God in any particular area of your life, you cannot build on that ground any faith that is that will be strong. So, when you acquire the word of God in the area of divine provision, you have acquired the word of God in the area of divine healing, divine health, divine prosperity, and several areas of your life. What you have succeeded in doing is that you have gathered large mass land for building great and strong faith. But do you know that somebody will say, I want to build a, a great you know, hall that will contain 100,000 persons. And then he will acquire, let's say, 50 acres of land. But after acquiring it, he refused to build anything. Are you now seeing that acquiring land is not the same thing as building? I don't know what you're getting me. You can acquire ground but you need to build on that which you have acquired. That's why we say faith can come by hearing the word. But you cannot grow faith just because you have heard the word. You will now begin to practically practice and obey the word for faith to grow in strength. But if you didn't hear the word at all, excuse me, you cannot have faith at all. Do you understand that? So, you need to get to the point. The point is that the word of God is very essential for faith. It's like the ground, the foundation, the space on which you are to build great faith. Salvation faith, for example. If you never heard the gospel, if you never heard the gospel, you can never have faith for salvation. That was what happened to Cornelius. Cornelius has read whatever he knows about God. He is praying, he's you know fasting, but he needs to hear the gospel. Gospel is not just the story in the Bible, gospel is the story of how Christ came, died, and rose again. And by believing in him, you will you will be saved. That was why God has to send Peter. There's no other way Cornelius would have had faith for salvation apart from Peter preaching the word of the gospel to him. Do you understand that? So faith can only come. When you hear the word, then you have acquired the land on which you will build faith. But I need to warn here, I need to warn seriously that, you know, that you read Bible or studied Bible or heard preaching does not mean that you have acquired the land, the faith. I mean the word. Do you know that if you like this, you say you want to build hall for 100,000 persons, and then you didn't buy the land and own the land, eh? 
You just saw a massive amount of land and say, ah, thank God for his provision. You now went into somebody's land and start building. What will happen to you at the end of the day? Whatever you have built in that land is not your own. At the end of the day, you have wasted your time. So that is why there is a space here to acquire the land upon which to build the faith and make it your own. Do you understand that? The word of God on divine health must become your own before your faith on divine health will work. If you just heard where I said by his stripes, eh? By his stripes, I am healed. Or you are healed. I say, eh, by his stripes, you are healed. Okay, by his stripes, you are healed. See, that word has not become your own. Until you have meditated, taking personal time to meditate on it until your own eyes open to see that by the stripes of Jesus, you in particular, not a general statement, you in particular, you are healed. It is when that word has become your own that when challenge of sickness symptom will come upon your body, you will now take that which is your own and quench that fiery that of the enemy. I get it. So one way, one way to build a strong faith is to first of all acquire the land, acquire the ground, make it your own. The word of God is the ground upon which to build your faith. And if the word of God is strong in your life, you have acquired the word of God in every aspect in your life, then you are, you are set to build strong faith based on those scriptures. Many, many believers are poor. And I want to tell you something that you will not like. They will remember until they, they die. Ask me why. Not because God doesn't want them to be rich. But you, you remember what I told you that the growth of your faith is not depending on God. The growth of your faith is depending on you. How you exercise your faith. Are you following me? Now, God has given you the measure of faith. The same measure of faith he gave me for prosperity. It's the same measure of faith he gave you. Now, I decided to, to gather the ground on which I will build my prosperity faith. And I began to study several scriptures that God spoke to me about prosperity. Isaiah 1 verse 9 said, If I chidebele, if I am willing and obedient, I should eat the good of the land. Eh? And in Job 26, he was saying that if you will serve God and follow God, you will spend your days in prosperity. And then, Deuteronomy 8.18, you know, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is him that giveth you power to make wealth. And then, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1, says, if you will serve the Lord and obey him diligently, he will lift you up above every other nation. I begin to study these scriptures and begin to meditate on them. To make them my own. Do you know what I'm doing? I am acquiring a very large land. I'm going to build my prosperity faith on. Are you getting it? So why I'm acquiring those land? You are busy not doing that. And you know when I have owned the land, the next thing you will see is that I will begin to do what? Begin to build a very strong faith. 
for prosperity. And as I'm building it, you'll be seeing prosperity in, in, in my life. And as you are seeing prosperity in my life, you are not seeing it in your own life. And then you, are, you think that God is one that is blessing and prospering me. You didn't know that it was me that is what? That, that was exercising my prosperity faith, which I have acquired the land. And I'm building on top of it. Are, are you getting me? And then, maybe when you now woke up and say, okay, I want to, I want to build faith on prosperity. You think you will do it in one day and become like prosperous like me one day. Because I acquired my own in one day. You don't know when I began to acquire land for prosperity faith. And how I began to build it gradually. You lay foundation, you begin to build until it becomes so outstanding. I, I don't know whether you are getting me. If you are getting me, say I'm getting you. Yes. So, it is very, very necessary. If you want to grow strong in faith for doing exploit, faith for, you know, um, quenching the fiery dart of the enemy, you need to be deliberate about acquiring the land, the ground for your faith to be, uh, to grow. Now, maybe I should say before I leave this point that Faith comes by hearing the word of God. We have said it before. But faith grows by what? By obeying the word of God. But note that you will not even have faith at all when you did not hear at all. So, you must take time to gather the word and then, you know, personally meditate over them. When we finish preaching now, some of you will not listen to this message again. You will not personally meditate over it again till maybe next Tuesday you are waiting for another message. For this thing you are hearing to become your own, it is not at this point that you are, you are hearing it. It is after now you separate time to personally meditate over it. Then by personally meditating over it, you are acquiring the land of faith as your own so that you can build do you know that even the courage to build will not come to you until you are sure that the land is your own? Am I correct? You will not, you will not have the courage to start building until you are sure that this land is your own. That's why it is difficult to exercise faith when you have not acquired the word of God as your own. The moment you have this personal revelation of the word of God from the scripture over a particular word then you have acquired the ground in the spirit realm hence you can now build your faith on it now let's go to exercising your faith for you to grow proper the real exercise of faith for you to grow when the apostles in the book of Luke 17 verse 5 saw how small how little in strength their faith was they asked the Lord to increase their faith look at Luke chapter 17 verse 5 and the apostles said unto the Lord Luke 17 5 the apostles said unto the Lord increase our faith and the Lord said if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed you might say unto this psychometry 
be thou plucked up by the root and be thou cast into the sea and it shall obey you. Eh? In Matthew 17, 20, when the disciples asked him why they couldn't cast out a stubborn demon, the Lord answered and said, because of your own belief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. The mustard seed is the smallest of all seeds. Yet, the Lord was saying that if your faith is as little as that, it can move mountains and do wonders. By that, the Lord meant that the most important thing about faith is not just expecting God to keep increasing the talent from one to two to three. It is to exercise the faith, no matter how little it is. You remember that when, you know, one of the things that caused that unprofitable servant not to trade with his one talent was that he felt that it is small. The apostles were thinking that if the Lord increases their faith now, they will be able to do great things. But the Lord corrected them that they can still do great things if they can only exercise the faith they had, no matter how small it is. You know what God, uh, Jesus was saying there? He said in verse 4, He said, If your brother sins against you seven times in a day and comes to you and says, I'm sorry, seven times in a day, that you should forgive him seven times in a day. And they saw it as something that requires great faith for you to be able to do that. And they now say, Lord, increase our faith. And God, Jesus said, you don't need increase in faith. Some of you are praying and say, Lord Jesus, give me more faith. Give me more faith. That's a wrong prayer. If you pray it, no matter how fervent you are in that prayer, you will not get anything. Jesus said, it is not the increase of faith that you need. It's increasing size of faith. Eh? What you need is a seed. A monster, a seed of faith. Smallest seed. And when you begin to exercise it, plant that faith, mustard seed grows and becomes a great tree that has great branches. Your faith can grow in strength when you begin to exercise it. The apostles erroneously believed that their faith is too small. Compared to the faith of the Lord. In Matthew um, 17, 20. That was why they felt that the Lord cast the demon out and they couldn't cast it out. So they were like, why is it that you, you cast it? The Lord said, no, no, no. The, the, the point is not that my faith is greater in size than your own. The point is that you did not exercise your own. Faith grows in strength as you exercise it. Just as human muscles grow in strength as it is being physically exercised. Have you seen these young, young, young boys that are lifting weight? You see them, they say they want to grow up, they want to grow muscles. And you notice that when the person began, begin to do it, in a matter of one year, six months, what do you begin to see? 
you begin to see the person. They call it bodybuilding. You begin to see the person's heart, muscles becoming big and growing. Have you seen the people that uh, these people that normally rest those in television, you know, those kind of uh, competition. Did you see their body? You know that those that body is not their natural body. That is, they built it by exercise. That muscle you, and as you see their muscle, that's how strong they are. That's how strong they are. As you are lifting the weight, you know, medical science says that when you are, when you lift weight, what happens is that the muscle the muscle will melt. They will they will disintegrate, and then when you now rest, as you are resting, the disintegrated muscle will now grow bigger in strength. So when you come the, the following day and you exercise it again, the whole thing will disintegrate. So is there, it will disintegrate when you uh, uh, exercise, and when you are resting, the thing will build. When you exercise, it will. That's how faith grows by exercise spiritual exercise exercising your faith by acting on the word that's what it means to exercise faith to exercise faith is to, and we have said it before to obey the word eh? carry out the word you are hearing the bible says do not be do as on, um, hear as only but do us that's where we have problems we read Bible, but we don't want to obey Bible. You see the literal, you know, word in the scriptures. You don't want to take it like that and obey it like that. Some of us will start saying, eh, even though the Bible says something like that, but, you know, as human per se, as we are, you know, I, I, I don't think we can, you know, you begin to give excuse. You begin to use your reason to, you know, rationalize the word of God. So we say, eh, please keep Bible aside. Let's come to reality. Which one is reality again? Outside the Bible. Eh? You see somebody, even those who are preaching, you see them preaching their experience that is failure. They say, have queer Bible crew. Leave this thing that the Bible is saying, you know, that, you know, when you come to reality, it's not like that. Though. No! No! You must believe the word of God and learn to exercise your faith on every written word. This is where we have problems. Like you now, I'm talking to you. Would you like if you go out, maybe somebody die in, let's say, you are in the bus, and somebody just died, maybe a child just died in the hand of the mother in the bus. Would you like, as people are crying and weeping, you tell the driver, please, can you stop? I want to pray for this child. Please, nobody should cry. I want this child to rise from the dead. I'm going to pray for you, and the child will rise. And you just tell them, and then as you are praying, the child will just wake up and sneeze and you know become normal will you like that kind of thing to happen now you will like God to honor you and honor your prayer as you are praying for the child for the child to rise up from the dead but check your life are there no areas in the word of God that you are dishonoring God are there no things that God said in the Bible do that you are not doing are there not things that God said, stop doing this and you are still doing it? By not obeying the word of God, you are not exercising your faith on the word of God. And when you now want to exercise your faith in an aspect, when the other aspect, you are not exercising your faith there, it will not work. 
So, if you want your faith to move mountains, then you must take every word of God as it is and obey them the way they are. When the Bible says, don't speak evil of any man. Make sure you are not speaking evil of any man. Any man is any man. Because if you are speaking evil of men, because they are evil, and then when you finish speaking evil of men, then you now begin to have symptoms of sickness. And you say, by his stripes I'm healed. You did not exercise your faith in God and in, and by obeying him. You know, by stopping speaking evil of men. And you want to exercise your faith on the word of God that said by his stripes I'm healed. First uh, Samuel chapter 2 verse 30. God said, far be it from me that I will not honor those that honor me. Are you getting it? Oh God, honor your word. As I'm praying for these sick people that are here, honor your word. Let them get healed. Your word says that these signs shall follow those who believe. In my name, they shall lay their hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. As I lay my hands on these people, honor your word. Let them recover. Are you sure you are honoring God in other part of his word? In every other part of his word? It is when you honor God in other part of his word that you expect your faith to work. For example, somebody offended you sometime last year, sometime last month, but you are still angry with the person. You have not forgiven the person. And yet, you want your faith to work. You want to exercise your faith on the other side. Do you understand it now? So, the exercise of faith must be, you know, a commitment, a total commitment to obey every written word of God. I don't want to say every written word of God that you know. You are supposed to know every. Because I don't know what, why you should not. Every word you must. That's why I keep telling us that this issue of faith is not selective. If you are not, where we sang, the hymn we sang, he said that you can never, you can never prove the, the, I think that's SSIS 642. He said, Stanza 4 said, but we can we can never prove the delight of his love until all on the altar we lay. For the favor he shows and the joy he bestows are for them who will trust and obey. Until you lay your all on the altar. Faith is total. You must be totally, look at the people that demonstrated faith in the Bible. All of them, they are total, totally out for God. Are you sure you are totally out for God? Are you sure that you are not reserving some aspect of your life for yourself? You must totally surrender. Lay everything on the altar. Let's close by looking at a few principles from uh, Matthew, uh, uh, Peter's uh, exercising of his faith in walking on water. That's where we are going to uh, draw the curtain for tonight. Turn to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. Where Peter walked on water. There are a few principles I want us to take note uh, from that passage. Um, you know, in verse 22 of Matthew 14, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him to the other side. Why he sent the multitudes away. Then when he sent the multitudes away, 
he went to the mountain apart to pray. And then, when it was evening, he was there alone. Now look at verse 24. But the sheep, that is the sheep where the disciples were, was now in the midst of the sea. That is, in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. Fourth watch has to do with three o'clock. Three o'clock a.m. The sheep where they were, Jesus was not in the sheep. The sheep was what? In the midst of the sea. Take note of that. If the sheep was at the periphery of the sea, maybe if the wave begin to, you know, the the whatever, the sheep master may just, you know, draw back and land again in the land. But the waves and the you know wind. Waited for them to got into what? Into the midst of the sea. Well arranged and planned. The moment to got into the sea in the midst of the sea, where you cannot easily go back and you cannot easily go forward, the waves began to cry. It was tough. You know, some of us have not entered ship before, and we don't understand this kind of thing. When the waves will be beating the ship. You know what beating is? Do you know what beating is? He said, the, the wind and the waves, we are beating the sheep. This one, the sheep, we, 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 the way we come this time and carry the sheep and throw it up as if the sheep we have, we, 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 have, we, we, we just capsize. The next thing, you know, it will go like this, up. And as if all of you will just fall into the water. The thing will come down the other side and throw you up again. That's how it was. In the middle of the night and in the midst of the sea, everything is made up. So terrible a situation. And then the master was walking. That was the worst of the matter. Because they have never seen a human being or in the history of humanity where somebody is walking on the water. So they saw a human being. It was dark, but you know, this kind of moonlight will make some dark, darkness of the night to be very light, some, somehow light. So they saw a personality walking on the water. In the human history, you know, if Jesus has walked on the water before that time, they would have said, eh, maybe he's walking again. But there's no way, they have no, they have no history in the human history that somebody walked on water. And Jesus has not also walked on water before. So they, they can't imagine that it is Jesus. So they, the Bible says, look at, they were so afraid. Look at verse 26. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is the spirit. And what did they do, please? They cried out for fear. This one is not, you know, the one you are carrying inside that you are. This one you have to cry out. And say, I don't know what will happen to me, but let me just speak, speak out before I die. They just cried out for fear. Hey! <laughs> and the moment they cried out, look at verse 27. Jesus spoke unto them saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Then the next thing in verse 28. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, bid me come unto thee on the water. Number one is that they heard his voice. Are you getting me? Can you talk with your father on phone? Or maybe somebody call you on phone and you don't know the person that is calling you, but by the voice you detect the person that is the person. They heard the usual voice of their master. They know it was him. Because 
Voices doesn't lie. They know they got they got his voice. So Peter said, I know it is you, but I want to I want to do what you are doing. Maybe before then you must have told them that if you believe in me, the works that I do you will, you, will, you shall do also. And Peter remembered that uh, word from him and said, Lord, if it is you, or tell me to come to you on the water. Remember that Peter has not walked on the water before. Peter just seen somebody walking on the water for the first time now. And he said, tell me to walk on water. Somebody say, exercise of faith. Exercise of faith. And the Lord said, come. Now listen. Remember that the waves were still beating. Remember that the winds were still contrary. Peter, in the midst of contrary wind and waves, stepped out of the boat. To walk on the water in the midst of the sea. The matter has not come close. Now, please listen to me. The first thing I want you to pick from Peter's experience here is that the exercise of faith is a deliberate action. Is a deli- what is a deliberate action? Eh? A deliberate action is an action that you you are taking. You are not led by the spirit. That is, you are not moved. You on your own. You are you just decided to take the action. Deliberate. You are not getting. Nobody is encouraging you and say do this. Now think about it. Why wouldn't Peter stay in the boat for God's sake? If it is the Lord, as He said, let him come and enter the boat so that we will continue. Why will he try and say, "Let me exercise walking on the water too"? Are, are you getting it? He was deliberate to to exercise his faith, and I hope you know that Thomas was in that boat. Do you remember that Thomas was in that boat? What do you think Thomas would be telling Peter when he was about to step out? Eh? <laughs> eh? I know Thomas will warn him and say, Peter, <laughs> remember you have a wife. Remember, we are not even sure. This one that say it is I. Have you ever seen somebody walk on water before? Remember the, the, the ocean, the, the, the waves and the wind. Can you see? Peter, be careful. Peter, be Peter, be careful. You know, sometimes brethren will come around you and be telling you, did you pray? Eh? I hope you prayed well. Eh? This thing you are doing now, I, I hope you prayed well. Be careful. Oh. The Bible says eh, that we should apply wisdom so that we don't have sin without knowledge. You know? They will try to use all kinds of you know, Fear in their own heart to discourage your own faith. I'm sure that when Peter was bringing out his leg out of the boat and placing it on top of the water, eh, that Thomas must have removed his eyes and said, let me not see the death of my brother with my own eyes. Eh? But look at Peter. He was deliberate. There is a hunger in him and that's one thing about exercise of faith. There's a desire in him to do what his master did. The reason why you are not raising the dead 
It's not because you don't know that you can raise the dead, but you are you are not you don't want to try. You don't want to try. You heard that somebody had cancer, and you are there. You don't want to try. You know the problem. Somebody will say, "What if I pray now?" And the, the, the thing, pray now. Let it not happen. What what are you protecting? Okay, you are ego of that the fact that you prayed for the cancer and the cancer did not go, and then people will start laughing at you. Can you see selfishness, self pride? Eh? If Peter was having ego and he was, he would have said, "What if I I step in my my um, foot into the water now and my leg will sink? How will I recover myself?" No, you must put self aside if you are to exercise faith in the Word of God. You must be eager to see the word of God work in your life. That is, these are drivers to exercise of faith. You should ask yourself, like we saw last 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 uh, last Tuesday, why is it that Jesus said, "Greater works than I did than you will do because you believe in me"? You should ask yourself, but why am I not doing it? I want to see myself do it. That is what Peter was exercising. He was. Exercising his faith in the word of Jesus. Jesus said, come. He said, eh, I should come. I'm coming. He moved out. He was hungry to, to, to walk on water. To, 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 to have... That was why... Do you remember that on the beautiful gate? That if it is you now and this sister are going like Peter and John to the temple to pray. And that credible person say, eh, give us money. What are you going to do? What do you normally do? In fact, let's let's not talk about beautiful gate. What do you normally do when you see them on the street? You give them money and say, "Please, uh, the Lord will help you." But Peter deliberately, somebody said deliberately, "Ah, you are waiting for spirit to move you." Deliberately, you know why it should be deliberate? Jesus has said, "These signs shall follow you," so you are not waiting for any extra extra word. Practice the word. When you finish preaching, ask them, do you people have sick people here? The reason why you are invited to go and preach, maybe in a crusade or in a meeting, and the people that have cancer didn't get healed was when you finish preaching, you just pray for the word. After the word, you drop the mic and go. If you have said, how many of you are sick in this place? Can you come out? You are sure you are... I don't want people that are not sick here. You are sure you are sick. Come out. The Lord will heal you now as I pray. What are you doing? You are deliberately exercising your faith. The men of God, women of God that do this kind of thing, they are deliberate about it and you can be one. That is how their faith began to work. Let me tell you, even if on the first day you, you prayed for the sick that way and maybe out of 20 people that are sick, only one person gets healed. Don't be discouraged. You can go back to the Lord and the Lord will show you why it didn't happen and you are growing. The other person that was not doing it, before you okay, you know, you need to understand this is a principle. I, I heard of a man of God that you know in a meeting he raised up hundred people that are crippled, hundred on which year, hundred of them rose up. I want to tell you, please. That day, hundred people stood up. That is not the first day he started praying for crippled people. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Possibly the first day he somebody is on the wheelchair and is on the crusade ground. He say, "Hey, you on the wheelchair, in the name of Jesus, stand on your feet." He tried everything. The person did not stand.
Sometimes the Lord will allow you to experience that kind of thing. So that you will have a history. You have a track record. But he didn't stop. He, you need to go back and say, Lord, why is it that my faith did not work the way? And then the Lord will show you the, where you missed it. Continue to exercise. Somebody say, I will continue to exercise. Exercise of faith must be deliberate. Oh my God. Do you know how lazy we are in physical exercise? Including myself. I remember how many times I would say, I will be doing exercise. I would say, I want to buy exercise, uh, running shoe and all of that. How many of us are doing exercise? When you see these people that are running on the road in the morning, please respect them. It's not easy to make up your mind to go and exercise and go and carry it out. I remember how you need to be forceful on yourself to exercise your faith. Because everything is telling you, be careful, don't do, look at the waves, look at this one. You must step out on the waters of life. Until you step out on the water, you will never know that you will never sink. It is when you put your leg on the water, according to the word of, word of, the, of, of the Lord, you see yourself standing. Peter stood on the water was like, eh, is it me? He stepped out, he was still walking on the water. Deliberate exercise. So one thing that you must take note, you must learn from exercise of faith for your faith to keep growing is that you must be deliberate. You must be deliberate about, about preaching the gospel. You have to preach the gospel when you feel like and when you don't feel like. In fact, if you want to feel like going for evangelism before you go, you never go. Because most times your feelings are against the whole thing. It is when you are coming back, you normally feel joy. Am I correct? But when you are going, you will see all kinds of, you know, arrow. Satan will tell you, are you sure you are going to meet somebody? Are you sure that they will not uh, insult you? Are you sure? All kinds of things. But you must be deliberate on that. Are you following me? So, the exercise of faith must be deliberate. If you need money, maybe for anything, divine provision, don't go and borrow. Deliberately refuse to borrow. Get to the word of God and say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Say, I want to see how God I remember some time years, some time ago When God said to me Don't borrow, don't beg And for a whole month I was Trusting God, I don't have any money In any account anywhere But I noticed that from morning to night God will always provide something for me Before 24 hours I will always eat You know what happened? I discovered, I must be honest with you That by the end of that one month my faith became like a solid in my heart. I, I, can, I, I can touch my faith in God. Honestly, I began to feel my faith as, as if it is something solid. I can tell you that maybe my, my faith is a liquid before that exercise. But by standing on the word of God, praying for my daily bread, seeing God provide it without borrowing, without begging, by the end of one month, I can touch my faith. That is, that's why I can believe God for you know, when we are planning for a big program, I say, come, no, no registration, feeding, feeding free, accommodation free. I can believe God for that because I have believed God and my faith has become solid. That no matter the number that comes, God will always provide. And he, he has never failed. Those of you that are with us, you know what I'm talking about. So you must exercise your faith for your faith to become strong and solid. You must be deliberate about that. When you, you feel any kind of symptom in your body or any kind of negative thing around you, by the overcoming faith, don't, don't quit. Wield the shield and refuse, be deliberate 
about it so that you can see by the reason of the exercise of faith how your faith will become stronger so one thing about Peter's experience here he was say lift up your right hand and say I must be deliberate from today in exercising my faith I must be deliberate I must not wait for any move outside or inside according to the word of God I will exercise my faith and my faith will work yes be it unto you as you have confessed now I want to conclude look at the next thing that happened in verse um, verse 29 Peter was come out of the sheep he walked on the water to go to Jesus somebody shout hallelujah Peter walked on the water Peter Peter you know that you like this you can walk on water you know why you have not walked on water? You have not tried it. Yes. Just let an occasion come. I remember hearing about the man of God. You, you know, some of us know him, the founder of uh, Christ Apostolic Church. Babalola, some uh, apostle Babalola. Babalola. I, I heard a story of how he wanted to go for a crusade somewhere. But something delayed him with his team. So they are already waiting for him on the crusade ground. And if he begins to transport himself from where he is to the crusade ground, the time is, is, is already past. Before he reached there, maybe people would have left. And now, you know, I heard what he did. He said, he told everybody that are with him to put your hand on his back. So, you know, this person put hand on his back, the first person. The second person put hand on the back of the second person. The third person put on the third person, fourth person. That was all of them lined up. And he now prayed and said, Oh God, that in the Bible, do you remember Philip? Philip was found at Azotus. Do you remember Elijah? He said, God, this thing happened before. You know, in their own case, it has not happened before. Are you, are you getting me? You can even believe for, for what has not happened before. He said, God, we are already late and we need to be in this crusade ground. He said, the moment they finish that, in fact, they finish that prayer, the next thing is that all of them found themselves in the crusade ground. Do you know why it has not worked like that for you? It, you have not, when you are in that kind of situation, you will not remember that kind of thing. You will not even do it. You will not exercise your faith. Be deliberate. Our God is a God of wonders. He is a God of miracles. Don't ever doubt any situation. Believe and it will happen. Ah! Faith is a, is a wonder. Now, look at verse 30. But when Peter, when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, Now, look at what happened to Peter. Peter now removed his eyes from the Lord and his word and began to consider the boisterous wind remember that the wind were there before he came out do you remember the waves were there when he came out he never looked on the waves that was why he was you know walking but the moment he, he took away his eyes from the Lord and from the word that he gave him and from the faith that brought him out and began to consider the circumstances around the situation of things around then his faith began to grow weak let me tell you something if 
your faith will be exercised and succeed in strength. You must keep your eyes on the Lord and on His word. Eh? Let me give an example. Somebody is sick, having pain in his leg, and the pain is severe. When you keep looking at that pain, say, hey, it's paining me. Hey, the pain of yesterday was even better than today's own. Today's own is like two times yesterday. Have you seen where people are describing that kind of thing? It's like two times yesterday. I don't know what to, to, tomorrow will be. In fact, the thing happens every night. In, by nine o'clock in the night, the thing becomes too much. What are you doing now? You are focusing on the pain. If you can remove your eyes from the leg, from the pain, and fix your eyes on the word of God, by fixing your eyes on the Bible said in Isaiah 53 verse 4 surely Christ has taken away our pain our pain has been taken away by the Lord if you can look on that scripture and say Lord I am not looking at this pain I am looking at your, you and your word that you have taken away my pain I don't have any pain I believe you have taken away my pain Keep looking at the Lord. Keep looking at the word. Refuse to look at the pain. Even if the pain increases, don't look at the increase. Look at the word. The word of God. Look at the Lord. I tell you, you won't even know when the pain will disappear. That's how to exercise your faith in order to grow strong in faith. That was what Abraham did. He never looked at his body. He never looked at it. He kept looking at the promise of God and the God who promised and kept on praising God, giving glory to God. The Bible says he was strong in faith. I wish you will put these things that God is bringing into practice and then you will see your faith like the Thessalonians grow exceedingly. My prayer for somebody tonight is that your faith will grow exceedingly. Like the apostle wrote of the Thessalonians' faith, that their faith were growing exceedingly, beyond measure, beyond ordinary degree. From today, as we begin to practice the word of God as God has opened our eyes to, your faith will begin to rise without measure. Your faith will become so strong that you will do wonders in your generation. Every fiery dart of the enemy, you will quench it even before it arrives. You will begin to receive great, greater things from God because your faith is great. Rise on your feet and pray like a mad person. Say to the Lord, I cannot, my faith cannot remain small. My faith cannot remain small. Continue to pray. Continue to pray. I must not end up small. I have gotten a talent of faith from God. The measure of faith I got must increase. It must increase. It must grow to the highest level. By exercise. When we walk with the Lord, 
Begin to pray. Begin to pray. You will not end small. There are things that are worth to do. There are great works to do. Sister, the endless expression of, of the creation are waiting for your manifestation. You cannot continue small. Your faith was deliberately wrong. Deliberate, deliberate in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want you to pray over the five secrets we discovered from the Thessalonian brethren. That was the secret behind their growth. There are five secrets we saw. Number one, the, the, the foundation of their faith was laid not just on, on the empty words, but on the power of God. Can you say to God, I want, I want to experience your power. Even if you did not experience it at, at the point of your side, can you say, God, I want to experience the power of the Holy Ghost in my life. So that my faith will be founded not just on the word of men, but on the power. On the power of the, of the Lord. Leboshanda Rabasanda. Rabakunde Leboshanda. Lende lende Leboshanda Rabasanda. Lende Leboshanda Rabasanda Rabakunde. Leboshanda Rabasanda. Lende Leboshanda Rabasanda Rabasanda. Lende Leboshanda Rabasanda Rabasanda. Can you begin to pray? Tear down every idol. Idol, the Bible said they, they turned away from their idols. They start believing in the true God. Can you begin to tear away the idols? The idols of confidence. The idols of money, the idols of power, turn away from every idol unto the living God tonight. To the living God. What are those things that you are giving more of attention than God? More time and attention than God. Turn away from them so that your faith can grow. They turn from their idols. They turn unto the living God. To serve the living God. Refuse to serve idols of power. Idols of football. Idols of fashion. They are taking away your time. They go shanda rabba shanda. Ayanda rabba 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 r
In the name of Jesus. Amen. They began to preach the word of God immediately they were converted. Following the examples of the apostles. How is your evangelism life? This is one of the secrets of the exceedingly growing faith. Can you begin to pray concerning your evangelism life? Preaching the word. Paul said from you people the word of God sounded sounded in Macedonia the word of God sounded in the whole of Achaia from the Macedonia young believers they were covering the earth in preaching the word with signs and wonders following in the secret of the excellent they followed the Lord as true disciples and they followed these apostles they took their discipleship very serious can you pray concerning your discipleship if you are not a serious disciple of the Lord Jesus if you are not following his examples in life and in action, if you are not following the true disciples, discipleship fathers that God has you know, presented before you, you will not grow. Your faith will not grow steadily. Can you pray concerning this? Your commitment in discipleship. Pray seriously over this. You have to become your like your disciple. You know the faith of your disciple. You know the faith of your discipleship father. You know the faith of the Lord Jesus. They became followers of the Lord. They became followers of Christ. In faith. In preaching and manifesting the power of the Holy Ghost. Become, become like me in casting out demons. In ministry healing. In miracles. Try it. It will work. Try ministry when God baptizes to someone. It will work. That's how your disciple does it. It works. Try it. They became a follow the examples they saw. You have seen so many examples of my life. Why are you not following it? 
If you will follow the examples you have seen in my life, you will, you will, you will, you will see your face more. Finally, they, they took the word of God as the, as, as the word of God. They took the word of God as the word of God, not as the word of man. Can you pray and say, God, from today, I am taking every of your word I have heard. Not as the word of men that can fail, but as the infallible, incorruptible word of God that liveth and abideth forever, living and active that cannot fail. I want to open my eyes to see the infallibility of your word. Now listen, listen, listen. Remember the place of the word of God in building strong faith. That for you to build a strong faith, you must acquire the land. The land is the word. How many of the word of God in the scripture has become your own? You have gotten a personal revelation from the Holy Ghost. And it is your own. That determines how big, how great your faith will be. How strong your faith will be. Can you say to God, from today I must be deliberate. Even from this message and other messages. I must be deliberate in making sure that I bring out time. So meditate personally on the word, on the scriptures, on the verses of the scriptures. So that I will get a personal revelation over them. And acquire them as my own ground. As my own land. To build and exercise my faith. Commit yourself to obey every word of God. That you will not be selective. Every written word so that God will honor you. When it is time for you to decide your faith. Far be it from me that I will, honor, I will not honor those that honor me. For God to honor your faith, you must honor God in every written word. Yes, Lord. The word of God is powerful. The word of God is living and active. There is nothing as powerful as the word of God. The word of God is God. I am committing my heart to totally believe the word of God. To totally follow the word of God. My faith must grow exceedingly. 
My faith must be exercised to grow a cylinder. I must keep my eyes on the wall and on the Lord. In the exercise of my faith, my eyes must be on the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Finally, I want you to say this prayer. Say to God, I help me to become deliberate about exercising my faith from today. And to keep my eyes on you. Just like Peter was deliberate. Help me. I want to become like you. As you are walking on the water, I want to walk on water. As I hear that you raise the dead, I want to raise the dead. That is what Peter did. He want to do what his master is doing. I want to do deliberately do what I saw Jesus do. I want to be deliberate about it. You see, don't follow a, a, a bad example. A bad role model. You have several preachers that are bad example. They don't want to do what Jesus is doing. But they want to do some aspects. Can you say to Jesus, I want to walk on water as you walk on water. I, I want to raise the dead as you raise the dead. I want to heal the sick as you heal all manner of I want to cast them out as you cast them. I want to be deliberate in, in exercising my faith as you did. Hey! My eyes must be on Jesus. Not for the sake of myself. Not for the sake of self. Deny self and the shame of self. Cry praying for the sick. Cry praying for the dead. Cry it. It will work. Cry it. It will work. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of shame. Don't be afraid of shame. Cry it. Peter cried and it worked. Peter cried and it worked. If you try it, it will work. Try it, brother. Try it. Peter try it. Try praying for that madman. Try praying for that mad woman. It will work. Lebo Shaka, my Lebo Shaka, Lebo Seke, Ramanamanaku Lebo Shaka, time to pray. I'm going to round up here. Our time is gone. But take more time to pray and to listen to this message again and pray more. I believe that the Lord will, will, will take you to a different realm and dimension of oppression by it. We are going to sing this song again. The first stanza and the chorus. And after singing it, I would like you to just begin to exercise your faith now. Here and now, over every situation that is presently facing your life. Begin to exercise your faith, begin to confess, begin to declare, begin to stand strong and overcome, conquer and receive. 
concerning your present situation that nothing will ever stop or hinder what God has told you. COVID-19 lockdown will not stop you. Nothing can ever stop or hinder what God has said to you concerning this year. He said we are crossing over to the other side and the storm has arisen in COVID-19 and so many other things. I want you to rise up. Some of you, your faith, your hope are being shattered because you are locked down somewhere. You need to exercise your faith and say, I must get to where God has spoken to me. I will get to this year. I can, lockdown cannot stop me. Financial, you know, breakthrough I am supposed to have this year. Prosperity, miracles, things that God is supposed to do, admission, graduation, graduating, all the plans. This lockdown cannot stop me anymore. You have to break out. You have to walk on the waters of COVID-19 lockdown. You have to walk on every water. Some of you that are supposed to travel abroad this year and they are banned international travel. You need to walk on water now and, you know, exercise your faith and end this End this interstate lockdown. End, 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 end every lockdown so that you can move. You have not tried it before. That's why you have not worked. Let's say that of first. Let's say that of first. I know you are provoked, and you must you must get it right now. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His word, what a glory shed on us. Oh, hallelujah. 
Walk on the water. Walk on the water. Walk on the water. Cross the mountain. Exercise your faith. I am the devil shaka. My eyes is on Jesus. He told our Lord But I love to rise In the arms of God And he told Oh, Christ, I 
tonight I ask for the activation of exercise of faith in the life of everyone that has heard your word tonight and even on those that will let her hear this word may their faith begin to experience great and exceedingly exceeding growth in strength in the name of Jesus Christ thank you father I pray that not an iota of your word tonight will fall on the ground that they will live according to everything they have heard tonight. And their life will never remain the same. Those that have exercised their faith, oh God, to conquer the situation around them presently. Those that are walking on the water of COVID-19 lockdown already, to recover the lost ground. I decree that it shall be unto them according to their faith. In the name of Jesus! You are blessed. You have conquered. You, you have conquered. So continue to conquer. Continue to do great things for the Lord. Amen. For the hand of the Lord is upon your life. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise in Jesus' mighty name we pray. We sincerely thank you for listening to Moments of Encounter this night. It was brought to you by Calvary Way Revival Labors Enugu. Nigeria. For your questions, testimonies, and comments, please do well to send an email to calvarywayrevivallabels at gmail.com. That is calvarywayrevivallabels at gmail.com. For further information on our programs and messages, which will be of great blessing to you, visit our website at www.calvarywayonline.org. That is www.calvarywayonline.org. You could also like our Facebook and Telegram pages, which is at Calvary Way Revival Libos. That is Calvary Way Revival Libos. We'll be back same time next week on the same channel. Until then, endeavor to put into practice the word that you have heard today. May the Almighty God preserve and keep you even in these evil days. Amen. God bless you and good night.